Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, Coach Brady talks about the, the greatest measure of, of success is the opportunity to do more. And he's gotten the opportunity to do more because, again, he's been doing his job and making some, some unbelievable plays. And that catch that he made in the end zone, that's, that's not an easy catch. You can ask any receiver. That's a tough one. The nose of the ball is going down and away from you and to stick out your hands and catch it with your hands, it's not easy to do. So credit to him on that one. Welcome back here to Sports Talk Saturday. I'm TJ Luckman, Derek Kramer along with me, Evan DePasquale, our producer. That was Josh Allen talking about uh, Joe Brady, his effect on the offense, and uh, James Cook value to that as well. Uh, We've got a lot of sound coming up. This is an extra hour of Sports Talk Saturday. We'll be leading you up to Bill's game day with Nate and Joe. Uh, But first, before we get to any of that, we figured we'd give you some uh, sound to get going for the game, hear what the Bills coaches are saying. First guy up here we have is Joe Brady, offensive coordinator of the Bills. Let's hear what Joe has to say. From the outside, the the NFL coaching profession kind of seems like sometimes a competition to out-genius the next guy, to think of the brand new thing, and that going with something simple and obvious and making it work might be an underrated skill, but it seems like it's one you know, especially yesterday, calling all those run plays in a row, it seems like it's something that that you do well. How fair are, are both of those assessments, in your opinion? Um, like, I don't think you're ever trying to out genius. Um, you know, I got to let go of my last job when you try to think like that, right? You know, you're just trying to figure out what your players do well and just, you know, if it's working, you know, just keep that rolling. And uh, the guys did a great job, you know, blocking up front that, you know, made my life a little easier last night. And so, uh, I don't think I think you try to find the weaknesses in the defense, but you don't just try to find the weakness. You just try to find the weaknesses that match up with your strengths. And, and um, you know, I felt like that that was something that, you know, we were, we were able to find a way yesterday. Is is being willing to go with maybe the simple obvious or or maybe the way you say it, what's working, something that you wanted to make an emphasis of doing better in your next job? Yeah, I think I think, uh, you know, I, I told myself I'll always make it about the players. Um, not saying I tried to be a genius the last one, but sometimes I think you try to overthink it and you try to feel like you got to, you got to put this person in this position. You got to put this person in this position. Sometimes you just have to trust your guys, give them the ownership and let them deliver. And uh, I've been, uh, I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, just the guys have been around right here and just that they're just having a lot of, a lot of fun and having a lot of energy. And, you know, it's exciting to watch from the booth. That's for sure. Sean, just talk about the energy as being a, a big part of what you've done differently or maybe, you know, brought to this uh, team in terms of your new role as the coordinator here. How much of that has been an emphasis? And I know we talked about it a little bit 
But in terms of keeping it up week to week to week, it's probably easy to have energy week one, but when you're doing it over and over to be able to keep that going, how difficult has that been? I mean, it's not difficult because it's, it's kind of who I am and it's kind of who we are. Um, you know, I don't think, I think on a week to week, if you're having to change who you are off of a winner or loss or just on a day to day, then, um, you know, I think that's when people will question you. And so I try to pride myself on being the same person every single day. Um, and I think we have a lot of guys in the building that are the same way. And so uh, no matter who we're facing, um, no matter the, you know, what happened on the outcome, if we believe in our process and, you know, we believe in who we are with our energy, um, that, you know, we're going to be the same day to day. How do you deal with, um, we already know that you got some sort of game plan going into the game, an idea, right? But you found su success by running the ball. I'm not sure if that was quite the game plan, but how do you incorporate your original game plan with what's going on in game? Well, like I, I, you know, I'm probably a broken record when I say this, but there's a way to win every game. And, you know, um, the other coaches get paid too, right? And so, you know, we, we think we have an idea going into the game about, hey, how we think this is how they might play it, or, you know, this is how we think our guys are going to respond to something. And then, you know, sometimes we get that, sometimes we don't. And it's, you know, it's critical that, you know, we, we find that, you know, whatever that is that, that is working or try to continue to, um, to try to find whatever that is if it's not. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think last night was just uh, a product of, you know, I don't think anybody envisioned being able to have that much success. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I knew that going into the game, but I felt confident in the guys up front. I felt confident that we'd be able to run the football and, um, you know, it wasn't broken. So why try to fix it? And, um, you know, I was proud of the way that the guys responded and kind of how they played and, you know, they didn't blink. They were like, do it again. And uh, just seeing our receivers and our tight ends, you know, uh, even Josh, just uh, the way that they were playing, knowing that the pass game wasn't the emphasis. Uh, it was a lot of fun, to, a lot of fun to see. Absolutely, Coach. And how has Mike Shula been instrumental with, you know, you, you know, being the play caller? Uh, Shules is awesome. I mean, he's obviously he brings a, a load of experience, um, you know, so he's great for me, you know, uh, does a great job with ideas and just, um, you know, keeping me kind of uh, present sometimes, you know, you can get overwhelmed a little bit early in the week. You try to figure out, you know, trying to figure out the defense and uh, he does a great job of just kind of keeping me level headed and um, brings, a, you know, so as much help as me as it is for the quarterbacks. And so I'm, I'm grateful for him to be here. Coach, uh, you've been four games in at the helm. Uh, this team has struggled with uh, a rhythm. This team has struggled with identity. What would you say would, would be this offensive identity these, the last four games? You know, honestly, I think part of the identity is that we're finding different ways to win. And I know that's that's a, um, that's not even really an answer, but I think that's important. You know, we're trying to build something bigger. And uh, um, is uh, the more that we can do, the different ways that we can find ways to win, at the end of the day, we're just trying to find that way. And, you know, if it if we've showed if we have to throw the ball 50 times, you know, um, putting putting uh, putting everything on Josh, you know, we've shown that we can find a way to get that done. And yesterday was evident that we can do the complete opposite. And so um, just having faith that we know that it's going to be different week to week and as long as we find that way. Um, I know that's not an identity um, that might be a lot of just words, but um, I think our guys believe that whatever Matt, whatever happens, no matter what happens, just find a way to score one more point than them. I hope that that ends up being our identity. James Cook doing things that we haven't seen from a Bills running back since Thurman Thomas. Uh, what have you seen from him throughout the course of this season that's allowed him to take such a significant step in an increased role uh, this season? I mean, I, I think he's just, uh, you know, you can see the confidence that he's playing with. Um, and just like any running back, you know, you get some touches. Uh, you, kind of, you kind of see it a little more and, um, you know, the game kind of slows down for him, right? He's a second year player and 
you know, with experience comes, you know, just the confidence and seeing the holes, seeing the cuts, you know, getting a feel of how defenses are trying to play. And um, I think he's doing a great job as the season's going on of getting that com getting comfortable in there. And, uh, you know, the O-line's doing an absolutely amazing job of opening up the holes where, you know, makes life a little easier for the, for the, uh, for the running back to, you know, get four yards before he's getting touched and whatnot. But, but Jimbo's doing a great job and I'm loving being able to get him going in the pass game as well. He's making a lot of plays. And Mookie mentioned the game plan. Cook finished with a career high in touches. W was there an idea leading into the game that, that you might see that uh, as the game wore on, or is that more of a product of just how the game played out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said, hey, the second half, my intent was to throw four or five passes. Um, but uh, it was kind of how the, the flow of the game was going and the way that he was running the football. And, um, you know, uh, you know, look, Ty did a great job in there. And, you know, I always feel confident when, when Latavius is in there. But Jimbo was doing, you know, uh, as long as he was out on the field, good things were happening yesterday. And it, it might not be that way every week, but, uh, you know, the way that he was running the rock, you know, it was hard to take it out of his hands. I'm fascinated by like the, this whole aspect of, you know, being out genius or, or out geniusing yourself, because when it comes to failure, no one likes to admit to failure, but Sean McDermott has always said one of the most valuable things that have happened to him was him getting fired in Philly in retrospect. How much of a turning point was, and, and, and what, what, I mean, I guess, what did you get out of what happened as difficult as it was in Carolina? I mean, I, I can go on and on. Um, look, I think the the basics was I wasn't going to make excuses for why it didn't work out, right? I was going to figure out, okay, hey, where were my blind spots? What can I do better if I get the next opportunity? And um, part of that happened to be just being able to come here and be a part of this organization and, you know, sit in the QB room and um, just learning a new offense. And so uh, a lot of that was just uh, um, understanding the relationships of of the players and getting around the guys and, um, you know, I think I think as coaches, sometimes we try to get the perfect play and we realize that, um, you know, oftentimes it's it's really hard to get guys open in this league. Right. Sometimes your guys have to make plays. And so just uh, realizing that I can trust our guys that they're going to deliver and give them that ownership. And I think the, the genius lies in the players is definitely not the coach. Because some people don't learn from failure and some, you know, there's a stubbornness there. How did you allow yourself to 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 become open to um, other thoughts, other ideas? Uh, I think I think that's growth, right? Like, uh, no matter what, if you're a coordinator for 20 years, I, I, you know you got to be growing your offense and um, you know developing. And if you try to if you try to do the same offense you do, your guys are going to figure that out. And so uh, I think that's just part of just part of growth, regardless of having success or not. You got to find ways to um, just kind of evolve, um, you know, because everybody else is trying to. When offenses are having success, people are studying you. When defenses are having success studying the defenses and so hey how can you evolve so that you kind of stay ahead of the race and um you know so i think all coaches just trying to develop and just la lastly in, in 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 that sense i mean the success that you had running the ball yesterday and over the past couple of weeks how much do you think that that really opens up the offense to be able to do multiple things and keep defenses off balance how much how much do you think that opens up the offense to more things I mean, it's it's uh, as much as you can play two dimensional football. Um, you know, it, it makes life a lot easier. You know, I'm just in general, right? You know, you're a defense. You wanna you wanna know that you can get in three point stance and just rush after the quarterback because they're passing it, or in, like in a two minute third down situation, right? And so, as much as we can stay ahead of the chains and and be two dimensional where we can run it or pass it, um, I think is only uh, an advantage for us. And so, 
Um, you know, I, I, we have the best offensive line coach in the, in the league and um, does such a great job at the run game and, and getting those guys to understand how we're attacking blocks, how we're approaching blocks and uh, why we're doing what we're doing. And so um, yesterday was just evident of that. And, uh, you know, as much as we can stay on schedule, which we were able to do yesterday allows, allows us to just continue calling it. Hey, Joe, your offensive line goes from Micah Parsons to Khalil Mack. Uh, why do you feel confident heading into this matchup knowing that they, they did a great job against Micah Parsons last night? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, every week, um, you know, uh, every week in the, in the NFL, right, the teams, the D-line is absolutely stacked. And, you know, there's always people that are going to be able to present issues. Um, but I just think it's the mindset and the approach of our guys, um, you know, that they do a great job preparing and understanding, hey, how do I, to approach the blocks like I just talked about or, you know, in the case of Micah yesterday about how much he moved around and a guy like Khalil Mack when you got 15 sacks, um, you know, you have to understand where he is at any given time and making sure you're trying to get four hands on him or whatever you have to do. And so I think the way that our guys prepare and they understand, you know, kind of their issues and, um, you know, the threats that come with it, um, I think that they'll be able to have success with it. And then knowing what James Cook and the offensive line did last night, what they're capable of, what is the challenge for the group as you guys close out the regular season and then hopefully make a push into the playoffs too? I think the biggest thing is that, you know, yeah, yesterday was a was a win, um, but it has nothing to do with today and has nothing to do with this game on Saturday, right? So, um, you know, regardless of the success we had in the run game yesterday, you know, yesterday we're going to have to bring it in and have that same approach when we come in the building tomorrow um, and know that we're going on the road and, um, records don't matter this time of the year. Stats don't matter this time of year. It's it's the NFL, and, and we're going to have to bring our A game to be able to win this game on Saturday. And so I think that that's the biggest thing, um, you know, moving forward with it. I think it's been touched on a little bit, but um, when you prepare all week and you go into a game or even go into a series having an idea of what you want to do, how difficult is it to kind of adjust on the fly and, you know, if something's working, just kind of stick with it and kind of go away from whatever you had planned? Look, I think when it's working, it's it's a lot easier to stick with it. But I think a lot of it also has to do with the trust in your coaches and the communication with your players and the coaches. Like the guys did a great job on the sidelines yesterday of like, hey, you know, uh, the guys are liking this or, hey, man, stick with this. So um, it's not just a one-man operation, right? Like, you know, it's a, we're, we're very collaborative of, you know, an offensive staff and the players. Like, I want them on the sidelines. Like, I want them talking about what they want. And so it makes it a lot easier to call the players when I know the guys want it or when coaches are recommending it. You know, when you have all kinds of information at your fingertips um, and you're kind of trying to play a chess game, how difficult is it, is it at times to kind of just keep it simple instead of, you know, maybe I'm going to call this because I think they're going to do this, or if I call this, they're going to try and counter it, so I should call something else. Like, how difficult is it sometimes to just kind of keep things simple? You know, look, I think when you have Josh Allen, sometimes you can just just let him kind of be great and not try to make it too complicated, right? You know, and just in general with the rest of our guys, like I think sometimes just lining up and being able to, you know, put the ball down and let our guys go win in one-on-one matchups is, you know, is, uh, makes actually life a lot easier for the guys than trying to, you know, move guys around, emotion this, shift this, and hope to get this look. And, you know, the odds of getting that is sometimes slim. And so sometimes it's just line up and let our guys go win and, um, you know, uh, yesterday the guys were able to do that. Shortly after you you uh, took over as offensive coordinator, you talked about kind of doing everything with a purpose. Um, how much does that go into getting your running backs involved in the passing game as more than just a check down or an outlet if the first or, you know, second reads aren't there? 
yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's critical. At the end of the day, we have five offensive linemen, right? And they're the only ones that aren't eligible. And if they have to defend six guys on any given snap, um, you know, Josh included, I think it makes, makes it a little difficult on the defenses, right? Our job as offensive coordinators is to limit a defensive player's call sheet, right? And, and the longer, the more that, you know, we get guys out on, you know, throwing the ball to the running backs, throwing the ball to the tight ends, you know, yeah, that, you know, it's, it's hard to get everybody to football. That's the reality of it. But as much as we're spreading it out, um, you know, and doing those things, it makes it a little tougher on the defense. And so that's just, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've been fortunate the running backs have been able to cash in on the opportunities and um, hope, hope that they can do that move forward. And then just lastly, how, how much has that thinking uh, led to Ty Johnson's increased uh, playing time? Yeah, I think um, just in general, I mean, you know, playing time is earned and Ty's done a great job of, you know, showing that, hey, he needs to be out on the football field. And, um, you know, it's the, the work that he put in since he's been here. Look, he got in here late in training camp and, you know, we saw him for one preseason game and just seeing how he approached practice when he was on the practice squad. And, um, you know, nothing goes on none just in his work ethic and uh, his preparation and it's led to success. And so uh, um, that's what I've been so excited about that running back room, just the way that they kind of approach things and prepare and, um, that's why I guess day, days like yesterday, you know, make it exciting to see kind of their work kind of show. I was curious, obviously you've been asked a lot about the run, but I was curious yesterday during the game, was there a moment when you were like, oh yeah, like we can, we can keep going with this. Like they're not stopping like this. Was it like a play or a drive when you realize like we're going to be able to run the ball pretty much as we would like to. I, I mean, I, I think there was never like a moment where I was just like, oh man, we're good to go. I mean, at the end of the day, all it takes is one negative run and you're behind the chains and you're having to, um, you know, kind of get back into it and stay out of third down. But um, today, yesterday was just a, a product of the confidence in the offensive line um, and the mentality that they were kind of playing with and the way that they were finishing, you know, seeing Dion Dawkins finish a block, you know, downfield as far as he did. And, you know, just seeing the way that the energy that they were after, you know, scoring touchdowns, it was like, hey, that made it a lot easier, not as opposed to like, hey, I can just call this and guarantee it's going to work. It was just seeing the, you know, the way that they were playing, you know, made it a lot easier just calling those. And I know obviously on a different subject, you know, Josh didn't throw a lot of passes last night, but he did set a record for passing and rushing touchdowns in the games in a season. And I was curious what you've kind of seen from him in these four games since you took over as OC. Have you seen anything different in Josh? Is your relationship with him kind of the same? Like, I was just curious what these last four games, like working with Josh in this new role have kind of been like. I mean, I, I, I've, I've loved it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun being able to call plays with him, with him as your quarterback, right? And knowing that, hey, that's, he's, he's an eraser, right? Like there's plays out there yesterday that, you know, weren't good plays, right? And Josh Allen makes it right. And so, uh, there's a lot of confidence in that and knowing that hey, our quarterback can, can really do anything and um, and seeing how he is, even when we're not throwing the football, like all he cares about is winning. Um, and uh, and I have that same mindset and our guys have the same mindset. And so um, I've had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm enjoying, you know, just seeing him just, you know, uh, the way he's playing, you know, he's scoring in the run game, pass game. It really doesn't matter. Um, and I know he's having a lot of joy playing ball right now. Last thing from me, I was just curious when you, after games now with Josh, like, when you guys sit down and discuss, you know, the plays that were called and stuff, what kind of is that process like? Is a lot of like, I like this, I didn't like this. Like, just how does that work in general? Yeah, I mean, I just think in general, and a lot of it was fortunate, right, being the QB coach and just the open dialogue, um, you know, having a, a good feel of, you know, kind of what he likes and what he doesn't. And um, at the end of the day, you know, if there's something Josh Allen doesn't like or um, a throw that he, you know, he does, he might not think that that plays very good, I, you know, take it out, right? And uh, at the end of the day, he's been pulling the trigger, so... 
you know, we have a lot of dialogue early in the week about a hey, plays. Hey, would you rather this or this? Um, and cause at the end of the day, those guys got to go out there and actually throw the ball and deliver. So, you know, we, we come in after a game and kind of, uh, uh, just kind of go through it and kind of give thoughts on, Hey, if we play these guys again, if we do this again, what would, what would you do differently? But, um, throughout the week, it's just open communication. So on game day, um, he kind of knows what I'm thinking and I kind of know what he's thinking. Hey Joe, um, to follow up on Josh, um, he joked after the game that he felt like it was a group project where he did nothing and still got an A, which I think takes away a little bit from what he actually did in the game, but just, you know, when he has a game that he kind of. <laughs> when he has a game like that, do you guys have any different communication within the game of like you reminding him anything of just like he obviously wants to win, but it's such an unusual game for him. Does the conversation change at all? Um, no, I think you watch him you, when you watch uh, one of the perks of being in the box is you get to see everybody, you get to see the sidelines, see kind of the communication with it, right? Um, being observant of that, but just I know that Josh wants to win. And then when I see some handoffs and soon as he hands the ball off, he's carrying on his fake and then the ball cuts back and he's going to find a block. That's when I'm like, you know what? He's, he's, I don't have to worry about anything right now. Like he's, he's as bought into the run game as possible. Right. And so um, there's times where we had a long drive and, you know, we only asked him to throw twice, got on the headset and he was like, man, just keep calling. Um, so he's, uh, he's entirely bought in. And I think so are the guys into him. Um, and, you know, he knows that way that he plays, right. Everybody's going to kind of follow him. And so, uh, just seeing the way that he was working yesterday when it wasn't just the past game, uh, I think it was, was cool to see. Awesome. And then I was wondering um, your vantage point of Steph's one-handed catch on third down, I think it was, and then um, like replays of it as well, just kind of what it was like watching that live and afterwards as well. Yeah, so uh, obviously great play call, right? You got a guy coming right off the edge free, Josh Allen, go make a guy miss, and, and Steph Diggs go just make a one-handed catch exactly like we had it designed. Um but no, I mean, that's what that's who Steph Diggs is, right? You know, he he makes incredible plays. It doesn't matter whether it's raining, um, you know, uh, game on the line, you know, find your best player. And uh, regardless of what the score is, uh, Josh scrambles around, he steps full speed and he throws it up and goes and makes a play, you know, on the field that, you know, it's hard to really tell if, you know, if he catches it, you get thankful for the whole crowd going crazy. That uh, that was really the only way I knew that he caught it. Um, but uh, that's who Steph Diggs is, um, you know, unbelievable football player. What is it, the energy that you bring? Because most of the guys that come on from James Cook and some of the offensive linemen, and especially uh, Deion Dawkins in the offensive line, they say you bring a lot of energy uh, to the uh, to the room and, and with the guys. And I'm just wondering, where does that come from? Where does that energy that you have come from uh, for the offense to bring that to the offensive uh, room? Look, I, I got I have a passion for this. Like I, I don't coach just because I feel like I have to do it. Like this is I love doing this. And so um I don't love just sitting in my office and just being able to just watch tape all day and try to game plan. Like I love being around the guys and communicating with the guys and and being out on the practice field and stalling. Like I love that. And so um it's not a don't get me wrong, there's some caffeine involved, but there's not uh mm. it's not a fake it's not a fake energy. Like I, I, I love it and uh and I think that that's important and uh, whether it's a fake it till you make it type of mindset, it's not. It's go out there and, you know, I, I think if they see the passion that I have and the, the love that I have for this game and doing what I'm doing, um, that, uh, you know, maybe that they'll kind of uh, mimic that. And how important is it to you to have a line that's been together for the season? That knock on wood, the guys have been, they played uh, every down together. How important is that to have a the continuity with an offensive line? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, run game and pass game where, where Josh knows um, unfortunately, we, you know, we have guys that are, you know, behind those guys, David Everton Bates and guys that, that like that, that 
we feel full confidence that they have to go in there. They're going to be able to have success, but knowing how the pocket's going to be, knowing, you know, with those guys communicating, if they're in any double teams or, you know, combination blocks of playing with the same guy over and over. I mean, it is huge. And I know it's rare in this league and um, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, we've had the same five guys this year and I hope to keep that forward going forward. And what, what, what is the athleticism of your line, too? Uh, between Morris being able to move, uh, Deion Dawkins being able to, to pull, and, and and you having the guys do a lot of creative blocking now that I've seen that I hadn't seen in quite a while with the with, with the Bills' offensive line. Yeah, look, I think it's, you know, we we always talk, you know, from a, a pass game standpoint is, hey, how can you put your players in position to have success and, you know, get this person running this route? But um it's really no different from a run game standpoint in, in approaching blocks and, and how guys can block. And that's what coach Cromer does such a great job of just knowing, utilizing what the you know, skill sets of his offense alignment and knowing, um, and then um, of knowing what they do well and, and how to put it, put those guys in those positions based upon how, how, how we can set a front or, um, you know, or invite, you know, some other characteristics. And then, you know, Brandon Bean just putting together those guys where, you know, this is the type of, offense line was built for this time of this time of year right and so uh being able to rely on them and them just kind of taking it and kind of running with it was uh you know i think is important it was fun to see that was bill's offensive coordinator joe brady on with the media earlier this week we'll go around the league coming up next looking at the games that the bills could use some help from uh, and find out which game is just God-awful, avoided at all costs. Sports Talk Saturday, Derek Kramer, Evan DePasquale, we're here with you for the last half hour before Nate and Joe take over for Bill's Game Day right here on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back here. Final half hour of Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Evan DiPasquale with you before Nate Geary and Joe DiBiase take over for Bill's pregame starting at 3 o'clock. So, here we go. The Bills, they need a lot of help. It can range at this point from worst case scenario, 42% according to the New York Times, to 90% with the best case scenario. Let's dig in right away. First game right away, it's Cincinnati against Pittsburgh. Bills need the Steelers win. 
Uh, Cincinnati has become a problem. Jake Browning is playing good enough to get Cincinnati to vault into the playoffs, and they are ahead of Buffalo right now. Uh, losing to them earlier in the season, that's going to sting. And the, and the Bills are going to need a lot of help there when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills Chargers, obviously, tonight. That one being the nightcap there on Peacock, if you don't have Peacock. Uh, locally, Channel 2, WGRZ. Uh, if you happen to have DirecTV locally as well, um, that's also an issue. I would say just make sure if you don't have Peacock and you don't want to bother with the streaming service, go out, buy an antenna as fast as you can and get it connected because then you'd be able to get the game on WGRZ. All right, Sunday, our Christmas Eve football action. Indianapolis against Atlanta. Well, the Falcons need to make sure to put the Colts down and hopefully get them out of Buffalo's way. Tennessee against Seattle. That game doesn't have much relevance to the uh, landscape here with the postseason. It does have a lot to do with Seattle's playoff chances, but not much here to do with Buffalo's. Minnesota against Detroit. This is just for the Lions' sake. A game that doesn't touch anything in our stratosphere, but Detroit trying to make sure to keep things going. Minnesota fighting for their playoff lives after a loss last week to Cincinnati. The Jets and the Commanders. Oh, no. The Jets and the Commanders? Evan, you know what to do. That is amazing. As Zach Wilson is in concussion protocol, Trevor Simeon plays for the Jets. And um, Aaron Rodgers is active, but he's not going to be the third quarterback. The fact that he's active just (laughs) annoys the hell out of me. It annoys me, too. We did a booty cheek of the week for that in the last segment with, um, with Frank and TJ. So, of course, I need to make sure to point it out that Trevor Simeon is the one playing against Washington. Good thing we don't need to rely on anyone here. Uh, in this game. It's a bad one, though. This is just... Ugh. That one... Yeah, that's a bad game. Not fun. Not a good time. All right. We can... <laughs> My heart will go on, but uh, we st- we need to make sure that we stay the course here with the rest of football. That might be good. This one's not going to be good. It's going to be a blowout. Green Bay against Carolina. Though the Panthers did win a football game. You know, hey, they got the two of them. Uh, you I'm still don't get your baffled. first overall pick. I'm baffled that Arthur Smith has a head coaching job after only scoring seven points and losing. Yes, it was in a rainstorm, but it's Carolina. You should, yeah, you should. It's Carolina. You should not be. Should not lose to that. They are a disaster. Green Bay could use this to reinsert themselves into the NFC wildcard playoff picture. Now comes an important one: Cleveland against Houston. The Texans. Still a thorn in the side of everyone. The Browns are just about as clinched as clinched can get. They still have a couple games up on the rest of the pack, and a win against Houston would all but seal their fate into the wild card spot there, the first one. Houston is ahead of Buffalo. They're also the first team on the outside looking in, Buffalo being the second at ninth place. It's pretty easy which one you guys want, one that everyone wants. It's the Cleveland Browns. You just want to get one of these spots out of the way. Let Buffalo fight with the rest for the other two playoff spots. Jacksonville against Tampa Bay. It'd be nice to get a Buccaneers win here, but Jacksonville 
holding on to the division also might be better because then there's one less head-to-head team that you have to worry about that you lost to earlier this season. So I, this one to me is a toss-up. I do think that for playoff percentages purposes, it's the Buccaneers that everyone wants to win. I don't mind if Jacksonville does because then that allows them some separation with the AFC South. Arizona against Chicago. This almost got our trombone, but the Bears have been playing well, relatively. And with Kyler Murray in the lineup, Arizona is still scrappy. This game could be very high scoring. That's probably why you didn't make it as the booty cheek of the week is because... Yeah, this one's not getting that champ. Fields looks solid. I I like him. I hope that he finds someplace better. But also, at the same time, you also have Kyler Murray, who is making them not look like the worst team in it. NFL history. Exactly. And uh, this one's just two quarterbacks that can put points up against defenses that could very well be had. So this one could be a lot higher scoring than we all think. But then again, they're also sloppy teams, so sloppy football may commence. Dallas against Miami. I think we all know where we're leaning on this one. We want a Dolphins loss. Dallas to avenge the humiliation that they suffered at the hands of the Bills last week. Uh, This would make the Cowboys the ultimate allies, losing to Buffalo and allowing them a chance to vault themselves back into the picture a little more seriously and actually get some ground on the wild card race. And then if they beat Miami, all right, you guys are like, you're you're, you're kind of buds, kind of. I still don't like you, but we're all right. I'm I'm in a talking scenario with you. Denver against New England, we need New England. Great, we need the Patriots again. Is that worse than... Needing the Chargers to win. The Steelers, you mean? No, the Patriots. Needing the Patriots to win. What Worse about? than want, needing the Chargers to win. The, the, the Titans to win. There we go. Um, the Titans don't matter this week. New England, unfortunately, reinserts themselves in the conversation of teams that we need to win. Put Denver away once and for all. That is the opportunity that the Patriots have in front of you before they have to face the Bills the next week. Oh, boy. All right, cool. We move on to Christmas Day. There's three games on your Monday calendar, starting at 1 o'clock, the Chiefs and the Raiders. I mean, the Patriots, the Raiders. Man, this is not fun. You I don't like basketball. Look, I, don't like, I don't like looking at the out-of-town scoreboard for these things. I'm just not liking it. I'm not a fan. Um, obviously, a loss for Kansas City really puts them in season at DEFCON 1. Uh, full force panic. Is it DEFCON 1 or DEFCON? Like, is it a higher or lower number that's more serious? I, I don't know. Neither do I. And by the time we get that answer on Twitter, we're not going to be able to uh, broadcast that on the air in time. The New York Giants gets Philadelphia Eagles. This one should be a get-right game for Philly. Even though the Giants have been scrappy as of late, they still are the Giants. They're not a very good team this year. Tommy DeVito is still the starting quarterback. This would be a perfect way for Philadelphia on a nice uh, losing skid of theirs to get right and get themselves reinforced as the one seed in the NFC East. Finally, the last game on that Monday night, your Christmas night football. It's the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. This This, game? This is the perfect game. This is going to be one that people are going to say, is this a Super Bowl preview? Uh, There's a lot to prove for both teams here. Baltimore with a chance to really solidify the one seed and make the Chiefs actually have to play a road playoff game. That would be cool. Meanwhile, San Fran continues to try to gain their supremacy with the one seed in the NFC as well. There it is. Your quick rundown. Pittsburgh. Atlanta. 
Cleveland, Tampa, Dallas, New England, and Las Vegas. There's your seven. Anything else is a bonus. But the Bills have put this on themselves. A win, though, if the Bills just keep winning, there's only one scenario where they would actually be on the outside looking in. So take care of your own problems against the Chargers tonight at 8 o'clock, which you'll hear right here on WGR. Derek, Evan, we'll put this in a pretty little bow as we get ourselves ready for Bill's pregame with Joe and Nate on the other side here on WGR. Evan again with a smart play. Knowing that I went on a haters roll with uh, with Christmas music has decided, eh, we're not playing any more Christmas music. Here, let's let's have some punk rock. I just like this band. I just like AFI. Yeah, let's let's throw in some AFI to end it. Love it. All right, so a couple things. Um, My friend uh, John Rajaya he uh, texted me saying DefCon One is the max level alert. DefCon 5 being the lowest because that's the obvious follow-up. So thanks to my buddy John for uh, for chiming in on that one. Uh, I, I got Nate Geary. He's here. Hello. Just a, just a rotating set today. I mean, TJ and Frank were here earlier, and then um, TJ stuck around for a little bit. I'm over here. Uh, that is not Joe walking through the hallways. It is not Joe. That is not Joe. He will be here, But though. he will be here. Yeah. Nate, I, I'm glad I have you here because as the former host of Sports Talk Saturday, I think it would behoove you to know and, uh, and have it war- a nice little warm feeling of vengeance in your heart that, um, yes, Evan has been flipping opens against me now for the things that I say and do on this show. It's great. It's so <laughs> great. So, so yeah, the, the sword is back uh, pointed at me. It's back in the stone is what you're saying? The stone, the, the... No, it's in my chest. Oh, so your chest is the stone. Yeah, like oh. it's it just it, it was turned against me, which you know I felt I felt like it's many years of it being pointed at me. <laughs> you know, there was even an open pointing that out. Which, time, time's a flat circle, as they say. Yes, and um, and the Bills playing against Chargers is going to be a football game. I think that's a great way to describe it. It's going to be a football game, a good one. <laughs> Let's hope not. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a good if it's point. A, if it's a good game, that's not going to feel particularly good for the Bills. Yeah, no, it would be a, a bit of a panic. Uh, I don't want. I don't want a panic game. Let's, I'm prepared. Let's, let's, let's coast again. I I'm like prepared that. for the Bengals and Steelers to be a good game, but yes, I, I'm unfortunately going to have to uh, really cringe at that one. Um, hoping for the best here, uh, because since he went ahead and had Stretch Armstrong at receiver last week. Yeah, that was catch of the, catch of the year nomination not against the Bills. Yeah, right. <clears throat> That's uh, it's almost like it couldn't have happened if it didn't. <laughs> it wasn't real. Well, I still think uh, Garrett Wilson still has he's catch got, of the year. He's still got a not, he's still got a seat at the table. Um, oh but, yeah. But yeah. T Higgins threw himself in there, and it wasn't against the Bills. So it's kind of amazing if you think about I'll it. I'll take it. Yeah, honestly, I've right. not seen that many catches of the year like so far. Ah, crap. That means it's probably Garrett Wilson. Uh, there's no, yeah, it's probably Garrett Wilson. And there's nobody in this game <clears throat> for the Chargers that could possibly do it. So Yeah, no. We'll, we'll worry about that for the rest of the season as it rolls on. Nate, have fun as you and Joe get things going here for your Bills pregame. Try to. Absolutely. 
Um, though Yoda would say, do or do not, there is no try. Evan, with that final nerdy reference as Christmas weekend comes along, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And for Evan, for Frank, for TJ, and even for the uh, five-minute appearance from Nate Geary, thank you all for listening to Sports Talk Saturday. As you do every week, I don't know why, but I'm always going to appreciate it, you heathens. Thank you for joining me on this chaos train every week. I hope that you and yours have a happy holiday season. I'll be back next week before the New Year, so I'm not going to say the the silly joke of see you next year. Uh, No, that one's going to get poked at next week with a fire stick. But thank you all. Have a great Christmas weekend and happy holidays to everyone. Nate and Joe, Bill's Game Day, coming up next. You've been listening to Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.